Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Another week of Cowboys news to discuss. Unfortunately, we're not breaking down anything on the field, but still plenty to talk about the coaching side of things. A little more context, what's happening around the league as well. A couple more episodes for you this season before we wrap it up and take a long-deserved break here on About Them Cowboys with John Machota of The Athletic and The Athletic's own Saad Youssef. And to lead us through this one, it's Kevin KT. Freakazoid Turner. Hey, KT. Hello. Um, here we are. I mean, they're down to the final four, and uh, it's not the Cowboys there, darn it. And it's kind of what we thought. We get the 49ers. We get the Lions. I don't know if everyone thought the Lions would be there, but they did their business against Baker. We get the Ravens and the Chiefs. Wow, what a time. And here we are discussing the Cowboys retaining their head coach. Let's go to John Mashota on the case. I don't know, man. When we left off of last week's podcast, it's hard to put all these days together, I know, as we're recording this for disclaimer's sake, Wednesday afternoon, January 24th. About a week to sit on this now. It came down last Wednesday night that they're going to probably stick with Mike McCarthy in year five. Jerry had a big statement uh, on this, uh, you know, which is wild, kind of. Hey, the coach gets to uh, – Work his final year of his contract. Uh, your thoughts on the Cowboys' decision there? Well, obviously it was up for debate, or Jerry never would even have put that out there. And he wouldn't have had to because he could have said right after the game, yeah, as, as devastated as I am, you know, I'm not, there's no ch- coaching changes happening here, you know. Uh, and he never did. So he left the door open. So that's why they had to, he put that statement out and why uh, it was a big story last week, probably the biggest story in the NFL. So, uh, it's surprising on the surface. It's not surprising if you know the history of how the Cowboys have operated for over a decade where they really haven't made many uncomfortable type moves. And that would have been an uncomfortable move, whether it be to go get Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick or whoever. And so they're going to run it back another year. And uh, I can understand why fans would be frustrated because it's tough to look at this team running it back and thinking next year is going to be any different for the better. It could be different, different for the worse. It could, the wheels could come off the, the wheels could come off pretty early. It could be real bad. Um, but in terms of having belief that next season will be better. As I sit here today, it's, it's tough for me to find those things. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me, like it wasn't it, it wasn't terribly surprising in, in any way. And, you know, if you read what John wrote, literally, I think it was the day before, like, yeah, outlined it pretty well in terms of why you should expect McCarthy to be back. Um, I will say just tapping into a little bit of my life experience being in Dallas pretty much my whole life. Um, I was 
you know, just getting into football and everything like that into the NFL back in like 2001, two and three. And I remember Parcells coming and I remember what the Metroplex was like. I remember talking to friends like, holy crap, can you believe like this just happened? Um, soon after that, they, uh, you know, a few like uh, like soon after that, they signed T.O. And like and then they made that big trade for Roy Williams. And like, I don't know, like I kind of like in that in those like three, four years of like 2003 to 2007, eight, nine. Like, I, I just remember like feeling like the Cowboys would like were always kind of these, you know, go out and make a big move or make a big make big headlines. I mean, aside from like really trading up for Morris Claiborne, like I don't really know that they've done a whole lot, um, you know, in, in the last decade or so um, that really makes you go like, oh, my God, like. You know, again, it was Jason Garrett. It was, you know, it, it went from Wade to Jason. It went from you went out and got McCarthy. Like there just wasn't a whole lot that they did that made you really go like, wow, that's a ballsy move right there. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something crazy like what the Rams were doing when they went and got Jalen Ramsey and all that kind of stuff. But it just feels like things go go along pretty status quo. Jerry talks a big game, um, and I think he has a lot of uh, things to rest on, like whatever the phrase is, rest on your laurels or whatever. Like he definitely took some big swings back in the day, even all the way up to Parcells and and all that kind of stuff. But I just didn't really expect that. And um, my last two cents on, on that is just that I do tie a lot of this back to Dak Prescott, hearing how he talked about McCarthy, hearing how comfortable, how much he felt that his knowledge and everything of the offense and McCarthy really went so high during the season. I know he's going to say that about anybody. He said the same stuff about Kellen when Kellen was here, but I do think there's something to tying McCarthy to Dak as well. You don't have to answer this right now, Saad. And if you don't even have to do it on this podcast, you can text me later. We can talk about it another time if you don't want to talk about it on here. But I really can't think of a single person that Dak Prescott has ever, ever talked poorly about. Like, that's the first yeah. thing I thought of when you said that. I was just like, I, I'm I'm, literally trying to think of, like, I'm sure for, for, for most of these guys behind the scenes when they're with their family and stuff like that, I'm sure they've said some things about a couple of people that are on national television. Uh, that we're not going to mention their names, but people will know. I, I I can see that, but I just I don't know, man. I've never heard him really speak poorly yeah. about anyone. And you and you look back on his career, and there's definitely some people he probably could have. But so yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like we kept coming back to this whole thing of okay, strip away the emotion, let it go a, a few days. I started though thinking about all these like internal uh, questions about. Jerry and if Jerry, how much credit Jerry wants and all these things that we've been led to believe, whether they're true or not. It's like, you know, what's interesting. Jerry sticking with McCarthy might be the move where it's like, if it does work, Jerry's the one that kind of gets the credit for sticking with McCarthy in year five. And that uh, optimistic side of Jerry that shows up too often. Hey, Mike McCarthy won Super Bowl in year five in Green Bay. Let's run it back. Year five in Dallas finally worked and I was the only one who believed in him and it's not Bill Belichick coming in there saving the day or Jim Harbaugh coming and saving the day hold up I got a thought on that real quick and I want you to leave that thought because that's I I really like that you said that because I I'd use this analogy with a friend of mine the other day so um like how how would you be at at playing basketball KT like not playing one-on-one but just like just shooting like uh just like let's say on the Mavs court like could you make could you make free throws could you make a three-pointer yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
So let's say, I'm not even saying in front of the crowd. I'm just saying it's me and you. We're just, we're going to go up to, uh, we'll go up to the mass practice facility. We're just going to go shoot around. If I let you shoot 28 threes and you make one of them, am I supposed to act like you were a good three-point shooter? No. And the reason I'm saying this is because no matter what Jerry chooses, if he was to win it, at what point are you looking around kind of like, well, a lot of averages say one of these are going to go in, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, are we really going to write that story? Like, I'm, he did it his way, man. He showed you in 28 years in the league with the most parody. Like, shouldn't like you maybe just <laughs> like not doing anything for a couple of years? Maybe you accidentally fall into something. Like, that, that's my only thing about all of that. Like, I'm, I, I wonder about that because I think about it sometimes. Like. How much credit is there really when it's 28 years? All, all people on. will say is it's about time. That'll just be. Yeah, right, right, right. That's right. what it'll say on the headline of the Dallas Morning News. It's about time with <laughs> yeah. a picture of him holding the trophy up, right? Uh, that's that's. A, did you see the thing that the Cowboys are the only team to not make the NFC title game now that, the, that Detroit has made it this century other than the Commanders? Oh well, when you're a Lions fan, that's pretty your bad. You're you're very the aware. Commanders of that. territory. Yeah. <laughs> so so yes, no, that was no surprise to me. I'm very aware of that. Yes. <laughs> you know, and that's like the whole thing too. Like, I always wonder how much of the are these things are they? I don't want to say media driven because it's not. By the way, but there is this like, the, all these narratives about Jerry, where to a man, I don't know. Like everyone with the ego does care a little bit about getting the credit, but maybe he wouldn't like. Maybe he would cut off his uh, – it's it's because of the way it went down with Jimmy and how unique that story is. Because maybe he would cut off his big toe to let someone come in and largely get the credit. I'll use Belichick or Harbaugh or whatever you want as an example there. And he might not care. All he wanted to do was win for the Cowboys while also winning on the business side. And maybe it doesn't matter, and we've maybe – over dramatized or over pushed that narrative. I always wonder about well, that. Well, no, I got a yacht no matter what, well, you know. Well, like, I, I have some wonders about all this way. too. Uh, I have some wonders about this too, but go ahead, Sad. Well, I just think that, like, I just think regardless of what he did, I do think that in all seriousness, Jerry would get credit in some way or fashion no matter what, because you stick with McCarthy and pretty much, I mean, go look at the the results that John put out uh, earlier this week. And, you know, not a lot of people believe in, in all that, but, and, and you saw it on Twitter and everything, but if you went and got Belichick and Belichick won, I still think that Jerry would get a lot of credit for being able to work with Belichick and get out of the way and, and, and all that stuff. It just, yeah. I think the credit would take a different form, but I think Jerry was going to be bound for credit no matter what, if they do win. When you say take a step back, KT, it makes me think of the whole idea of, so let's say they don't win one and for another two more years and Jerry just getting a spot in his life where he's like, I'm stepping away completely, not doing any more radio interviews, not going to really, I'm going to go to some of the games. I'm not talking to the games after Steven and, and Will are running this thing or post Jerry life and the Cowboys are run by Steven or whoever. What if the, the team just is awesome? And yeah, wins like two titles in like four years. <laughs> you know how bad it's going to look like looking back on it and be like, man, 28 years. Like, like you want to talk about something that's going to look real bad on a resume. If you're just like, whoa, 
this thing was never supposed to be this bad. I can't believe that we ever went 28, 30 years, 35, 40 without like everything's made for you to be in the, in the hunt every single year with all the resources and everything that the Dallas Cowboys are. There's that part of it too. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, as we sit here right now, it's easy to start talking about like, well, that season's over. Let's start moving into 2024, the draft, how things are different. Like when you're in it, you're not thinking about, you know, what just happened, but, there is a chance that we look back on that on that loss to the Packers of like, man, that was that was the final nail in the coffin. Like stuff could get real bad. That, that that's not one of those losses that you just ah just ah, put it aside, just having kind of a bad game. That's the type of thing when everything's lined up for you the way everything did line up for them. The home field, how well they've been playing at AT and T, how healthy they were getting the Packers, how the Eagles fell apart, and like basically you know set it up as the layup. It should be you in San Francisco for the and when you blow that. I mean, there's a chance that they, hey, 12 wins next year. Maybe they make a deep playoff run. There's also a chance that that's a loss that we talk about a decade from now. Yeah, no, I'm, man. I'm I know people to... don't want to hear that, but I mean, that's that's how it happens in sports, man. You know, you also did kind of blow my mind at the idea of him going, you know what? I'll just step away and stop doing radio interviews every week. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. That, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like we used to make this joke about Norm Hitzkiss, like oh he'll do it, he'll uh, die at the microphone, and he didn't. He retired though, you know he did, but that was the the old joke back in the day. So no, that's a good happy thirtieth birthday to the ticket, by the way. Yeah, thirty that, years, incredible. That's a good comp though, KT, because yeah, a lot of people said it about Norm that they thought he would you know do the radio show as as long as he possibly could, but that's exactly what people say about about Jerry. Um, you know, Stephen always says the thing that Bill Parcells said to him that, you know, your, your dad's a 10 toe, 10 toes high guy, or a lot of people will say 10 toes up, meaning that you're going to work until, you know, you're 10 toes up, which means you're, you know, dead and, mm -hmm. and buried. And, and I can relate because I feel the same way about myself. Like I, I want to work. I never want to be completely retired. And so I get that wanting to be involved and, and having a, you know, a say in everything like that. And, and I do believe that, Jerry working with the Cowboys to a certain extent keeps him young. You know, you're around young guys, you know, uh, the ups and downs, the wins and losses and stuff like that. Like that keeps you in the fight that keeps you like interested, that keeps you passionate about something. I think that there's a good thing for your, your, uh, you know, your drive in that in, in life, no question about it, but there also can be a little bit of a stepping back and, and, and Hey, honestly, we look at those last 10, 12 years, like, you know, Saad mentions the Morris Claiborne trade that was around the same time that they spent the 50 million over five years on Brandon Carr. It's the last time they've really been in on a free agent from another team. Mm -hmm. And maybe we, instead of just looking at it as like, ah, Jerry's lost his fastball. Maybe it's just gradually showing you that Jerry is passing on some of that leadership to where Steven is more say now than ever before, because these moves that have happened over the last decade line up more with the way I would think Steven would run the team, you know, in terms of, yeah. uh, now, yeah, we're not going to be spending big on free agents. We're going to draft our own. We're going to draft well, and we're going to resign our own. Now, um, I also don't think that Stephen. I don't think Stephen would. Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say if he if if he would allow as many distractions. You know, going to this thing last night at SMU and Troy Aikman was there, and him. I just thought it was interesting. Troy talked to us for probably about six or seven minutes, and he said a lot of stuff I've heard Troy say before about the Cowboys. But there was one point when he mentioned, you know. You know, I mean, you know, you, you work in a place where they got tours coming through there and things like that. And it was like everything he said after that, like I completely turned I All I was listening to was that because I would just thought to myself, I'm like, it is just so different the way the Cowboys are run and how much other like how much of a spectacle it is compared to other teams. And 
it just every time you hear that and when you see it, you always wonder like how much is this impacting wins and losses? Significant. Do you think if Jerry retired that Steven would hire a GM or do you think that philosophy extends to the Jones family as a whole? It could, but I think Will, Will McClay is just such a layup uh, person to be in that role. I, I mean, he's close with the family. He's good at his job. You would just be putting more on his plate where I think Will would be more involved with, I don't know if he would have the GM title or if Steven would take that. I think Will would have more because right now Will has a say, obviously, in, in veteran free agents and the veterans that they trade for and stuff like that. But I think he'd have more of it where right now it's like the draft is all Will and he has a say in all in all the other stuff. But that's still Jerry is making the final call on a lot of that. But I mean, obviously, if you watch that behind the scenes that they had from the draft this year, I mean, they show you that when they were going around the room talking about Mozzie or Bergeron. You know, I mean, he, I mean, Will made a hardcore case for for Mozzie, and they end up taking Mozzie. It was interesting yeah. to see the behind the scenes of that. Will's got yeah. a lot to say. I do think they have a pretty good plan in place, and and I don't think it's something that's going to be very like last minute. I think this has been in the structure. I'm not just talking because you know, obviously, with the Cowboys, it's not just the football. It's obviously marketing and merchandise and the stadium and big events and all that. There's a lot to take on. I, I think that they got it pretty well mapped out. But hey, I guess. I don't know. I guess you never know until you're actually in that position. Yeah. What do you think about the teams that have made the the uh, the final four here, other than the exception of a team that has Patrick Mahomes at the helm? They've taken big swings. You know, they've kind of gone towards trying to get guys in here, making trades, being willing to take make some risky moves. You look at Baltimore and bringing in Roquan Smith and doing what they did with Lamar. I mean, San Francisco traded for McCaffrey. I mean, you got Detroit, you know, letting go, being willing to let go of of Stafford and reset and bring in Dan Campbell and do, you know, the moves that the other teams have made seem to have worked out. And it's just uh, incredible that, like you said, John, the odds haven't played in their favor over all this time. It seems like the one thing, one exception is the lack of big moves, maybe the lack uh, of. Let me just say this. I, I don't look at the Ravens as a team that does. I know they did a Ro- Roquan Smith, so that's one, but. You know, you mentioned Lamar, and I just want to talk about BJ. that one real quick because I've thought about Lamar a lot because he's the he's the reason that they are where they are and the way he's playing. But what if he wasn't? What if that contract led to him having too much pressure on himself and he didn't play well? Nobody would be talking about the Ravens right now being like this. Oh, they did it so right. They would be talking about like, man, they really messed up that contract and flip it. What if Dak played what if the Cowboys are still playing right now and Dak played against the not I mean against the Packers and and then the Lions in two playoff wins like the like the Dak we saw during the regular season no one is even sitting there talking about how like what are they going to do with this contract that's the only reason everyone's doing it two a month ago nobody would even have said they'd be like yeah give them a new deal like let's go let's try and get it done now before it's just going to escalate or whatever so I don't know that the Cowboys in terms of the front office like you know, they're just different because of the way the players have played on the field. Those are like different arguments. And I mean, Lamar's balled out. So obviously that the front office looks great, but let's not act like they were just taking care of Lamar from day one. Like they, that was kind of all over the place, but it, hey, they're rolling sure. out and everything's great. And so everyone's just, Oh, look at the Ravens. They knew what they were doing all along. Like now, first of all, the reason you might think that is because of the Ravens. And so they're not talked about it every day, but if that's like, 
if that's if Lamar was a cowboy and the way everything went back and forth and everything like that and how it's talked about every day, who knows? Lamar might not even have resigned with the Cowboys if that was the case. So that's he, that's the only one of everyone you mentioned. I'm just like Lamar is a we're great judging it because everything's great right now. Great comparison to Dak. I I think the exact same things. I think Dak and Lamar probably the two most underrated, underappreciated quarterbacks of this century. I honestly do believe that. But you look at what's gotten them over the hump this year. They brought in Roquan Smith. They made the move. I'm saying, like, uh, to Saad's point, that was an incredible point you made, Saad, of, like, Mo Claiborne might be the the last, like, whoa, the Cowboys are going for it time. And that was 12 years ago. That's amazing. Yeah, Mar- Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Yeah, Amari. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. I thought about that. Like, well, they needed corners nobody. in 2012 too. <laughs> like you had nobody in that 2018 receiving yeah. core. Like that was, I think if like you went and got Amari Cooper esque player when CD lamb was already producing, then you're like, Oh, you're trying to go over the top. Yeah. But like, that was more damage control because you didn't do it. You were trying to ride Tavon Austin and Michael Gallup and whatever else you had. Um, and you just realized, oh, we really messed this up. But um, I so, agree. Yeah, so that was a little bit of that. Alan but, Hearns. Um, yeah, Alan Hearns. Um, but can't, one thing that I will say that I kind of, you know, of all the teams that you mentioned, to bring this back to kind of the conversation we're having about coaches – I will say, like, when you look at these coaches, Dan Campbell aside, um, you have Harbaugh, who's been there, who's the second longest tenured head coach in the NFL after Tomlin. Um, Number three on that list after Harbaugh is Andy Reid. And um, number six is Kyle Shanahan. And, like, I think there's there's now – other than Shanahan, they've they have Super Bowl rings, and so like even though Harbaugh's again was more than a decade ago, but he still has a Super Bowl ring, and I think that's something that like you know when you look at the list um, that's right above McCarthy, um, take Zach Taylor out of the conversation for this year because of the Burrow injury, but you had Matt Lafleur who's number seven, and he hasn't he doesn't have a ring, but he beat McCarthy, and then you have. Shanahan, McVay, McDermott, Reed, Harbaugh, and Tomlin. And of those guys, McDermott doesn't have one and Shanahan doesn't have one. So um, I also think there's something to the consistency in the system and the culture and this and what you're kind of seeing with a lot of these places. Um, again, other than maybe Detroit, but credit to Detroit, like they probably needed a culture revamp no matter what. They're probably best off um, with a new head coach, but all these other places – um, there is something to having some consistency, I think. The other thing, too, obviously, to a man, if you got Kyle Shanahan in a room and you're like, we got to pay Brock Purdy like this coming off season, he would probably tell, tell you, like, I would, I, what else do we have? Right? I, I mean, maybe not. Like, you look at that performance the other night where Brock Purdy, he made, to his credit, three or four throws that are really good and, we also had so many bad throws that you know nearly played a part in them losing that game, and uh, it's just another one of the final four quarterbacks. I mean, the team had already given up on Jared Goff, and he might get to go to his second Super Bowl. I mean, it's a very unique thing. And then you have this wild stat of six straight championship games for Pat Mahomes, and the Cowboys can't get to one in three decades. Like I, I also nuts. judge it differently because of the team too. And and, sure. and this is totally up for argument. And some people can argue one way or the other. Um, 
like like I'll always say to Saad, like I'm it was greatest Tom Brady, greatest player ever. He's not he's not getting drafted by the Lions and just pulling Matt Millen and Marty Morningwig to the Super Bowls. It's just not happening. <laughs> so I judge things a little bit differently. Obviously, I watch the Lions a lot. I haven't seen Jared Goff do a, a, a single thing that I can't see Dak Prescott doing. And you can say he's been to two Super Bowls uh, with the Rams and the Lions. Expectations way different. Is Jared Goff, if you take Dak off this team, you put Goff here, mm, I don't know that they're going any further than they've been going. You know, I mean, uh, Goff's on a hell of a run right now and, and everything's going great for the Lions, but Goff still makes plays during these games, including both these playoff wins that you're just like, whoa, 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 don't, don't do that. That can't be doing that. You know, so that that's the one thing where I just, I, I like using him as an example right now because his stock is super high and Dax is low. And I'm, I'm looking around being like, what do you think Jared Goff would be doing on this Cowboys team right now? I'm not saying that he would be bad. I mean, Dax second sure. team all pro. I mean, I, he might be doing just as well as Dak, but I don't look at him. I, I don't really look at Brock Purdy as someone that's elevating this thing either. You know, like I, I just, I don't know. There's just, uh, I think I judge it differently with the Cowboys. Cause I know how much extra comes with the dinner. Yeah. I think, I think golf, I think golf is one is somebody who you've kind of accepted at this point. Everybody has, if this is who he is with Purdy, I'm still like jury's out. I don't know what his ceiling is. He could end up being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not there right now, but I'm not ruling that out. Um, because, because this, I mean, again, as someone that watched Brady, like nothing in 2001 told you you're watching the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but it's about the environment that you come in and as well. What is funny about the Chiefs, though, it's the complete opposite of what we thought about the Cowboys, where this is probably the most decimated, not good roster that the Chiefs have had in quite a while. And then you just have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and that's enough. Like, and what the Cowboys... Probably the so most- you always sigh Andy Reid in because you love him, but you can just stop Patrick Mahomes because <laughs> you want to talk about the Cowboys to flip over, put this guy over here. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. What team you want? Yeah. I'm putting him on there. We're going to fill in these gaps real quick. I mean, the, the, not only the talent, just the belief you have when he's your quarterback. And, and I'm not even talking about just on offense. I'm talking if you're the kicker. I'm talking about if you're a defensive back. I'm talking if you're a backup special teams guy. You're just like, no, 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 no. Do my job. Mahomes will win it late. Yeah, no, I he's agree. a complete outlier. Funny. Complete outlier is because yeah, of for sure. Yeah. Yep. yeah, this this Chiefs team is not even here playing right now with any of the other teams' quarterbacks. Eh, maybe Lamar, but let's also see. I also need to see more from Lamar. I need to see an AFC Championship game win, and I also need to see the Super Bowl playing well for me to for me to say that because I just don't see him having that. He hasn't had that playoff success yet, where I'm quite ready to put him in that in that category yet. But I mean, hey, you win, you beat Mahomes and get to the Super Bowl. Hey, all bets are off, you know. And also with Lamar, one thing that a lot of people like just because we're so far removed from the start of his career now, people forget how good of a job John Harbaugh did in tearing everything down and building this entire thing around Lamar Jackson with the tight ends, with the offensive line, the running back, like everything he did was catered to he basically went all in on Lamar Jackson and it and it paid off and it's great. And, and you should have um, and you should have. Yeah, you should I think have, I think anybody sure. would have, you know, but you still gotta yeah. do it. I agree with you for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like the- he, what I'm saying about Lamar though, it's not like he's not purdy. Like you right. saw Lamar at Louisville where you're like, no, no, no. If you do this thing the right way, we might have we might have what John Mishota thought Michael Vick was going to be, <laughs> you know, the Michael, yeah. jo- the Michael Jordan of the NFL, you know, 
we might have that if we do this right. So I, I do think that that was a pretty obvious move that somebody should. But I, but to your point, you do have to execute it. Yeah. Let's go uh, to the defensive side of things. So I mean, McCarthy's back for year five. He'll be lame duck to no extension. Then now here we are. Dan Quinn is interviewed. There are five head coach openings uh, as we speak. News today, the Dolphins just let Vic Fangio go, and he's going to go back to the Eagles. Vic Fangio will be the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Just given all the names that are out there, where it does feel like Harbaugh and Belichick are going to get a job, it does feel like after interviews, too, that Vrabel's going to get one, too. He's going to go meet with the Panthers, we're hearing. I think he probably gets one. Realistically, that Seattle job still dangling out there, so maybe they're just – it does kind of feel like Dan Quinn's going to be back, doesn't it? And if he doesn't get the Seattle job, you uh, that's I mean, and that's I would think the one that he'd want the most. I don't know for sure, but I would just assume uh, that one just seems like it just matches up too well. But maybe there's a, you know, some candidate out there that we don't even know about that is, you know, that they're that they're kind of still kind of kicking the tires. on. I don't know. I just thought when to Seattle would be done by now. And so the fact that it isn't makes you sit there and think like, okay, well, maybe there is something there. And if, let's just put it this way. If he doesn't get that one of those jobs, like I'm bringing him back and I'm fine with that. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, if, if, yeah, if Quinn doesn't get the Seattle job, if I were him, I would withdraw from everything else and just commit to coming back. If, if I didn't get the Seattle job, just because, I think it's a it, it creates a better path for you down the road as opposed to you know you just come back and you don't have to act like you know like like you withdrew from the market on your own terms and it's not that you didn't get a job you didn't want one and and you just came back and and then try it again next year you're going to have a good defense in Dallas next year anyways KT you said you would if if I'm Jerry Jones and I go I come to you and I go you said you'd bring back Dan Quinn as DC how did how does the defense get better then? Well, first of all, I hope that I have a little bit of reinforcements in the draft room, right? Um, I hope that we get some form of getting Trayvon Diggs back for the second part of next season. I hope that we can do something savvy uh, on defense, and I hope that this year's rookies are back. Overshown. And, and uh, I guess backs up the word or give us something overshown. And then more specifically, Mozzie Smith, because you really are running it back. There's not a ton of big losses you're going to have on defense there. Um, so I don't, what if you, what if behind the scenes you, you have some panic about Mozzie, then what do you do? Oof. I mean, you trying I mean, to, well, you trying to go you? DT in the first round again. I don't think you can do that. I don't either. Especially cause I do think there's probably a level of, because we don't do this very often, we'll take the DT. But they, you know, they know that's not a, in terms of position value, not a great move. Didn't it feel like, gosh, you can't let one playoff game change everything you do. I sit there and go, the offense is kind of fine, though. You got to figure out what you're doing with Biotish. You got to figure out what you're doing with Tyron Smith. Offensive line still is my first position of need. Absolutely. And we can talk about linebackers if you want, but I, I'm not trying to take a first round linebacker hardly ever. <laughs> so you, you have to Especially assume when you draft offensive yeah. linemen so well in the first round, we assume Vanderesh will be gone. Um, so, you know, that's not getting fixed 
next year. You're gonna have to do something there. Um, maybe this is this is a good off season of soul searching for Dan Quinn too. Maybe we are a little more uh less dead set on using Micah as a pass rusher. I don't know that that I want that personally. It's a thing we could point out after you you get smoked like that in a game, but I don't know that that's what I want. I I, I want to know how to prepare a little better for those types of teams that do me, KT. You know, high motion, high misdirection, all that stuff, and stopping the run. Because once you let them run the ball, then then you're dead in the water. If you stop the run, Green Bay doesn't put up that many points on you. You know, yeah, you know for what me, KT, doing. it's it's not so much about how you use Micah as much as it is of like, like you have to actually acknowledge that linebackers matter a little bit. Like you can't just yeah. like. Like you can't just be like, all right, Marquise Bell, let's go, and and then and then that's just what you do. Like I think uh, I think it's like even if you want to keep using Micah as a pass rusher, you still have to invest in linebackers somewhere to where you know you're not converting safeties all the time to linebacker. And it's like when it works, we're all you know showering praise on and everything. But like, but like. You know, like you, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I don't. I would never want to draw and draft an off the ball linebacker in the first round. But I mean, we're talking about we're not talking about like first round or second. Round. We're talking about like they didn't have any period. Like they didn't even have bodies. Yeah. Like you need to have a little bit more of that. I think. I just wonder with Micah, it, whether it's moving him off the ball a little bit more early in the season, playing him less snaps early in the season. They have to be trying to figure out a way that he can be more, I don't know if it's healthy, fresh or whatever in late December and January. I mean, there's just, we've seen it too much now where we see a pattern and then also you just look at him and you can tell he's smaller size than these DTs and these offensive tackles that he's, you know, of the position he's around and that wear and tear that his body is taking is obviously adding up and he's not as impactful later in the year. So you have to figure out a way to balance that out somehow some way so that he's most effective when it matters most yeah and it, it's like when you start to like big picture there dan quinn like what are your better options and you start asking those questions and it's like i don't know i mean uh, that comes with probably and, and then uh, debatable as well hiring a defensive-minded head coach probably would be where that goes you know that's how you probably if you want to do some upgrade on defense there you know uh, you can't all of a sudden to just be like I'm out on Dan Quinn after one playoff game. That's not a reasonable way to look at things. Concerns though, yeah. Best case, three straight years winning twelve games. Run it back. I do think, as much as it's against doing something different and against the grain, I do think it's probably the best rational course of action. And anyone who thinks they have the answer would have already done this by now, you know, would have fixed the the problems here. <laughs> like, dude, it, we do this every year. We sit here and we count the, the number of problems with the team and rarely, rarely is it clear cut. It's just, it's just not that last year, 17, 12 lost in the playoffs, bitching about the offense this year, we get smoked, bitching about the defense. It's just not. It's a. It's a never-ending cycle. It's like those conversations you have with people sometimes. You're just like, why are we going back to this thing again and again and again? Well, you know what's kind of funny too is when you talk about McCarthy and and if this thing works out, and whatnot. 
what if it doesn't? Because I think we're pretty used to since we've been doing podcasts together. You've always had that. We've we've always had a name, you know, like whether it be Sean Payton or Dan Quinn. There's really not that obvious name if you go into next season and and it doesn't work out. Like so, that part will be fascinating. Like who would be that person? Because you know, like when we've talked about head coaching candidates, uh, you know, you mentioned guys like a Ben Johnson or a Bobby Slowick. I just don't ever see this organization going that route, like with one of the young up and coming, like offensive mind type, you know, coaches. Like, I feel like they were going to want somebody established. And so when you start looking around, it just like, there's not like obvious names that jump out to you of like, oh, well then if that doesn't work out, this will be your next Cowboys head coach. No, no, there's no doubt. And I've always thought like Sean Payton's probably going, God, if I would have just done one more year of TV, you know, I've cut my, I might've had my chance at the job because that, don't y'all think that's almost like clear cut? Like he stays out of the game. Yes. Is it? <laughs> like, I also don't. I also don't know that the results would be any better than what we've seen for the last agree. three, four years. But yes, I do think if he's still in the TV booth right now, uh, yeah, I think that that would that would certainly be. Uh, but I mean, also with him, like, is his stock still as high as it was? No, you know, before he came back. Uh, you know, so yeah, uh, that something. Man, I'm telling you what, that sitting in a TV booth, man, you're stocked. It keeps going up. It doesn't ever go backwards. Just hang out unless you're wooden. Hang out, man. They'll talk about Bill Cowher and uh, who else was it? The one that people, oh, Tony Dungy. Oh, they're coming out of the booth. They're going to fix this thing. And they really did. <laughs> Jason Garrett. Uh, uh, not so much. It, it's kind of wild. Even Witten, though. Witten's winning games now, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's TV time. <laughs> it took you a rebuilding year, and then they were winning games at his job. Kind of crazy. Who you guys uh, got in the uh, Final Four here? What about the NFL conspiracy theory, purple versus red? This is, this, is what I'm, this is what I'm asking John about. John, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl logo conspiracy? I don't believe in the NFL being rigged. I don't think it makes any sense uh, for it to be. Um, but I, yeah, I could see it being, I mean, Niners and Ravens that those are the favorites. That's probably what it should be. Um, but I don't know. There's just a part of me that we've said that all year long, I feel like, and how often does it end up being that way? Like I, I feel very confident one of those two teams will be there, but it always seems like just something, something kind of weird happens. And to be honest with you, I just, if I was any of these teams, I'd want no part of playing against Patrick Mahomes. Like I just think if you keep you have you go against him, even though he might not have the best roster, it just it's hard for me to sit there and go, even him going to Baltimore, as much as I feel like Baltimore should beat them, there's just a part of me that thinks that eh, I I wouldn't count Mahomes out, you know. Uh he's just special like that. I for the Lions, I just don't think that they're on the same level as the Niners, just because the Niners have been in this position several years in a row. Uh, but then again, the Cowboys have been in position in the playoffs for several years, and that didn't matter against Green Bay. So it's only one game, so you're kind of playing with house money, and anything can happen. But yeah, Niners, Ravens, I, I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. I don't think it's rigged though, so that that happens. That doesn't, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. But okay, yeah, why, why would you? Why would you not want Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Why wouldn't you rig it for him to be in there? Honestly, well, if we're, rigging, saying, if we're it, rigging things, it, Patrick Mahomes versus the Dallas Cowboys is the best rigging job you could do. And it's yes. and it honestly isn't that hard because it's not like you're rigging it for like some team like, how are we going to get this three and 14 Cowboys <laughs> team to play Mahomes? It's like, all you got to do is like show up and, you know. Let's be honest. If the NFL was going to rig it for this coming, you know, two weeks from now, it would be the Lions against the Chiefs. That's the story they would want, right? For the Super Bowl with 
they want Taylor Swift kissing Kelsey under confetti, or they want the Lions story to carry them into the offseason. That's what I think. I, I think anyway. it's, I think like most conspiracy theories, well, not most because aliens, some conspiracy theories, I think about halfway through, I could be wrong. I think they're overcooked. And maybe when Aaron Rodgers opens his mouth about something, it creates unwanted attention too. But halfway through the year, you're like, it looks like right here, 49ers kind of the team to beat in the NFC. Ravens kind of feel like they're kind of cruising for the one seed. Here's our Super Bowl logo. <laughs> like, or maybe oh. not. And maybe it's not that at all. Like, maybe this was made, I don't know. But it'd be really easy to look because the 49ers and Ravens have been the top two teams in the league all year. So, And this is one of those conspiracies where your perspective going in definitely alters your perception of the conspiracy because last year it was like teal and red and people were stretching to be like, Oh, green and red. Well, if the dolphins had been playing the 49ers, would it still have been a conspiracy? Right. And so if the lions and chiefs make it this year, they'll be like, well, um, blue and red mixed is purple conspiracy, you know, so they can do it any with any narrative that actually happens or could happen. They could probably shout conspiracy. And so it would be funny, though, if it got to a level to where, like, you know, like a uh, Saturday Night Live or something like did a skit where, like, they were just making fun of, like, how many people are talking about these different conspiracy theories and things like that. And and it gets to, like, where uh, the S in Super Bowl is like it look it's the exact S is the San Francisco 49ers in the SF. <laughs> and then the B in bowl is just like the Baltimore Ravens B. That's not like they're in there. Just like, I don't know. I don't know, you know. Could it be? <laughs> um, I mean, yes, we don't need to do. We, I mean, unless y'all want to. Uh, it's really y'all. If you want to talk about free agents, who's coming back, who's not coming back, but I feel like we'll have time for that once we get yeah. a little closer into March. I don't think we need to sweat that today. Um, Dak's contract, I personally don't have a ton of interest in diving into all of that today just because – We'll do a it's quick not, one on that real quick. That's not we'll going just, away, you know? No, it's it's not. We'll just do a quick one. Uh, just uh, one answer or the other. No gray area. Jerry Jones comes to each of us and says, do I extend Dak four-year deal, make him, you know, putting him up there with whatever, Burrow, uh, Lamar, and all those guys, uh, Jalen Hurts, or do we play this year out and just eat the eat the cap hit and we just play this this final year of his contract out? Okay, you said yes or no. So I'm gonna say yes. You extend him. Okay, but I do have questions for Jerry while I have him. <laughs> okay, he's still on the line. Go ahead. You comfortable with dangling him on the trade market to see if you could get anything, and taking a year back, and then maybe if you got some draft capital, using that properly the next two years, then maybe. Good to go in 2025 with some form of a different quarterback that I can't even tell you who that is yet. How much of a risk taker are you, Jerry? Now, yeah, I think you'd say no. I think that would probably send, uh, I think that would make his his spine shiver a little bit because the, the idea of not knowing who your quarterback is is way more terrifying than the idea of Dak taking snaps in a playoff game. Like, is. Just not that yeah. close. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I, I think I think for me, like I would I would extend him only because I think that you know to me it all comes down to is the job more appealing 
is the head coaching job more appealing with Dak in place or not? And I think it is with Dak in place. So if McCarthy is gone after the year and you're trying to recruit the best head coach, um, I think you're going to get your, your people. Usually when jobs are open, they don't have franchise quarterbacks in place, like, you know, bona fide guys like that, like Herbert this year um, and things like that. So I think it makes Dallas a more appealing uh, place anyways, but um, but I wouldn't, but I would want to make sure that Dak didn't have like all the leverage like he does this year, this in this contract where, you know, he had the, like, you can't trade him, Um, you can't put the franchise tag on him, Um, all that kind of stuff. Like, I think the next contract, I'd want to work a little bit more of the conditions off of his contract. Um, but I wouldn't mind extending him. But the whole trade thing though, I mean, I mean, he can still be traded. Just he has to. It has to be like a, a you know, like a Stafford thing where you know yeah, he agrees sure. to, you right. know, go go to that team, and and they both sides are like, hey, this is just better. Uh, yeah, that, that happens, which is interesting for Detroit because it's worked out well for Detroit in two different ways. One, the Stafford for Goff thing. Obviously, Stafford went on a Super Bowl, but you got a first round pick and Goff in return, and you look at the turnaround that, that the franchise has had since that's happened. It's been kind of surprising. Well, really surprising. And then in the nineties, like Grant Hill was the face of the Pistons, but he wanted, it was like, this isn't going to work. So they, he did a sign and trade so they could send him to Orlando and Orlando would have to send something back. And they sent him a package at the time. We were just like, yeah, whatever. And then Ben Wallace was in that package and he ends up being the face of like that Pistons resurgence. So just because you're moving on doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. It can be a good thing for the organization. If you have your plan in place of who the next guy is, but I don't see Jerry doing that. I don't, I, I think Jerry's wagon is completely hitched to Dak and, and, and he's fine with that. And they're going to try and work something out this summer. I, I fully believe that. Kent, your I, thoughts. I, agree. I think you do it. I think KT nailed it. I think uh, the, the opposite is way scarier than the reality of what you have with Dak. So you play that while you can. And, you know, by the, the next time around, the, the question might answer itself. You know, he might be playing terrible and and it's an easy decision. This time, he's an MVP quality player. It's kind of the situation was with Rodgers. You can't let him go at this point. He's too good. And uh, we'll roll the dice again next year. I think I think the, a coaching change or philosophy change could do way more good than a quarterback change right now. Yeah, and, and also, like, just one quick thing to add on that. Um I also think that, okay, maybe not this year because you just trade for Trey Lance or whatever, but the you have to keep investing in the quarterback position, though, like regardless. Like you need to start using some second or third round picks on quarterbacks. Again, I understand the Trey Lance thing just happened, so maybe he's your guy that you're trying to like secretly, not secretly, but like behind the scenes develop a little bit for a potential thing, but like, whether this was Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre, Jimmy Garoppolo with Tom Brady, like whatever it is, like you have to start investing a little bit of something more into, into that quarterback position. Hell, even Kirk Cousins with RG3 in the same exact draft. Like you have to start doing a little bit more of that behind Dak um, rather than anything at the starting quarterback position. And then there are things they can do to make some, you know, when it comes to like a cap game and all that stuff, like there are things they can do. Uh, and I think it's already been kind of thrown out there a little bit. Zach Martin's deal will probably get restructured. Trayvon Diggs could get restructured. We'll see if Michael Gallup's coming back because they can move that around. Like there's a, there's a lot of things they can do that, you know, create 
space to play with. And as we've known over the years, they like to have 20. It might be closer to 25 or 30 now. But to have $20 million to play with, you know, just to be safe when it comes time. But, like, I I think the other thing I kind of keep coming back to uh, with the Cowboys when it comes to all these cap games is, like, look, dude, you're kind of in here. And if you're running McCarthy back, you got Dak you're not looking for another quarterback at any time, unless you're serious about Trey Lance, which makes me wonder if they are, if you're serious about Trey Lance, then Cooper Rush is not on the team next year. You know? So it's like, if you're going to give up as much draft capital as you did to get Trey Lance, then Cooper Rush is on the team next year. And then we, we see a meaningful dose of Trey Lance in the off season and preseason. And you start to have like some feel towards that because that's what, Teams would do if they were serious about moving on. And I just don't get the vibe that they're serious about moving on, nor do I think they should be. And it's a bummer, but until you win games in the playoffs, that's that's just what the narrative is. I don't I don't agree with with that. I've I've heard Jerry say their philosophy is to have a starter, have a backup, and then have somebody they're developing. Um Yeah. And I think that was Will Greer for a while, the guy they were developing. They moved on from him. Now it's Trey Lance. I could see them still going in with Rush just because of the known. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 also like right. KT to your point about like about, you know, until you do it. I mean, that was something that we've talked about on here before. Um, I think last week I mentioned it. And and Troy mentioned the exact same um example um when John talked and John and the media talked to him about Peyton Manning about how he couldn't win. And, and then once you, once you do it, then it's, then it's kind of, then you kind of get past it, but until you do it, it's just going to follow you around. The problem though, with everything that KT said is with all those moves, I still don't see a way that we go to training camp this year and go, this roster is as good or better than this, than this past one. That and that this this 2024 roster is as good or better than the 2023. I don't think that that's going to happen. I really don't think so. You don't and think there's anything that, they can do in free agency or the draft that can, on paper, put them in a better position? Yeah, okay, key question. You said, can they do? Oh, there's always stuff you can do. I just you have my doubts will. that they're going to do those things. Yeah, I I, I have my mm-hmm. doubts about that. Yeah. By the but way, they, I, hey, but if they do, hey, I can't wait to write about it. By the way, like I know we kind of glossed over this um, when we mentioned it, but Vic Fangio going to Philadelphia. I know it's usually like one Philadelphia loss. You can chalk it up anyways. These teams usually split. So it's only a really a one game difference, even if you get swept by Philadelphia. But that's not great for Dak, that's, that, um, that for Vic Fangio for to be going yeah. to Philadelphia. Yeah. So <laughs> listen to uh, the Play Callers podcast and Sean McVay talking about how Vic Fangio just like broke him. Uh, like his yeah. entire mentality. <laughs> like I think the Rams scored like six points in a game or something against uh, the Bears. <laughs> and he was like, Sean, what the hell is going Sean on? McVay, <laughs> yeah. Sean McVay is always the name I think of, though, when I, when I mentioned earlier about the next Cowboys coach, I will always, Sean McVay will always be somebody that yeah. I think is a factor. Mike McDaniel. Absolutely. You, know? you could see that. Mike, Mike McDaniel. <laughs> Mike McDaniel and Jerry. Oh, my I, God. I love that. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who's the who's the quarterback? I mean, who's the running back next year too? You know, like yeah. I'm thinking it's somebody they draft in like the third to you know fifth, sixth round, something like that. Maybe yeah. even second. I obviously not want to use in a first round pick on it, but I mean, I guess if I guess there's always free agency. It's just they've been so reluctant to do anything notable at at a position like that. I I feel like they were looking. I mean, I know they were looking for it last year in the draft. I feel like they'll be doing the same thing here. 
you know, maybe second, third round, maybe with a comp pick. I don't know, but it is a young man's game at, at running back. And, uh, you know, maybe you got to just uh, take some shots and hope you find your Pacheco. I feel like, I feel like they'll probably ride with, I mean, it's too early and KT, like you said, we're going to break down free agency and draft later, but I think it's going to be Rico Malik deuce draft pick and Lipke. And uh, th- those would be kind of like my five that I could see Good bet. going in. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll sign a Ronald Jones type to come in and there you go. Everyone yep. will talk about him for a week just to kill some of the 365 days. And then, you know, <laughs> matter. the only reason they signed yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> he'll go out. He'll go out and throw a first pitch at a Rangers game one night just to kind of like, and then like, you know, he won't be a part of What do you the think them about signing Martinez Bryant to a futures deal, John? No, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think that that's part of it when they signed him was like, you know, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Let's bring in a guy that is a name that people futures. know. Yeah. Uh, he certainly, I will say this though, sad. He definitely looks the part though when you see him at practices and stuff like that, you know. And, yeah. and they say all the right things about him behind the scenes, like the players, coaches, and all that. So, hey, maybe maybe there is still some some gas left in the tank. I don't know. But, yeah, well, I mean, they added him right after the trade deadline. I was like, yeah, this kind of seems like something that they did just because people know his name. This thing, they end up making a little move if they uh, – Michael Gallup to be a cut in the summertime. It's a post-June, I guess, or whatever, to make all the room. Maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe they're just – you know, he's back. But – they could do that, and that's where someone like Jalen Tolbert moves up a spot, and then that's where you get your flyers, your Martavis Bryant's get, you know, in the room. But I mean, I, you're, you're probably okay with what you got out of Jalen. Oh my God, Brooks, Jalen Brooks. What's his last name? Devontae Turpin. Yeah, no, it's Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks. And Turpin's in there as a cool toy. Yeah, but all right let's go ahead and make our super bowl picks here because well we'll be back next week kent what's this what's our schedule uh no let's come back after the super bowl all right well um damn it i don't want to say 49ers i do not this is simple it's gonna chiefs 49ers again isn't it it is if uh, the chiefs are gonna win this time again wow that's three super bowls for Mahomes. no i'm backing off hold on Damn. Yeah, watch out, Brady. He's coming quick. There's Chiefs 49. Dude, yes, it's Patrick, the best quarterback the world's ever seen. Dude, when Scantling's catching the ball, he's a weapon. So, Chiefs over 49ers. That's what I'm going to go with. Usher opens up. No one saw this coming. He opens up with Burn. No one saw that coming. Ooh, I did not that's see that coming. That he opened with. I did not see that coming. What if he opens Ooh, with that's Taylor too slow, Swift? KT. Too slow I know. Of a song. Exactly. All I know is that they only do like a third of these songs. Cut out a third of a couple songs and just do make sure you can get all of Yeah in there. And make does sure he bring that, out Lil John and Ludacris? He has from, to. There's yeah. no. What, I mean, yes. what are they doing? Of course they're going to be there. I mean, yeah. what? Come on. I think those should be like eight people. I really do like. Think there's going to be a lot of help. I would love BTS. nothing. Yeah. Young Cook, yeah. I would like love that. nothing more than the Lions win the Super Bowl, but I'm going Ravens over 49ers as much as that pains me to Ouch. say. Yeah. I'm going 49ers over the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think this is going to be kind of like that Mahomes Super Bowl against the Bucks, where he is the best player, but there's just not enough around him. And so 
Um, yeah, I think the 49ers, uh, because whether the, I think the 49ers win in, against Detroit uh, this week, pretty much regardless of whether Debo plays or not. But then I think Debo's back um, for the Super Bowl, and I think that's the difference. Am I the only one that thinks that Brock Purdy looks a little bit like Howard Duck? I can see it. I mean, maybe I'm just a big jerk. Howard the Duck, really? Like the CG movie or like the animatronic? Don't worry about it. I know I what you're talking about. I can see it a little bit. Uh, Usher set list. Give me, you make me wanna. Yeah. Love in this club. And an OMG featuring Will I Am. Give me those songs. Mm. You'll get um, OMG, no doubt. And I'll take, you're right, KT. One of these teams has Thanos. One doesn't. So give me Chiefs v. Lions with the upset. Whoa. Wow. They can. It might be the team of destiny, dude. Yeah. For, dude, the 49ers have never been more gettable than last week, and the Packers just went straight nuts and dropped two interceptions. I mean, Dak's got to be going, oh, Savage, you'll drop that one. You'll drop that one that hits you in the hands. I yeah. mean, it was a pick six and game over. But All right. Uh, I mean, KT, let's be real. And that, that Savage could have kicked that thing right back to Dak to throw it again. They're, the Cowboys, the Cowboys aren't winning that game. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, yeah, that was right. just icing on the cake at that point. It didn't even matter. You're right. He literally could have intercepted it, handed it back to Dak. Dak could have thrown it for a touchdown. Cowboys still were losing that game. We're probably going to hear DJ got us falling in love. So enjoy that, guys. Uh, you oh, think? Yeah. It's definitely yes. going to be one of the. I mean, yeah, he's one of the ten songs Usher has. That and he can go he's here. got a he's got a lot of bangers though. I mean, my way, my boo, nice and slow. DJ DJ got us falling in love was like at every single homecoming dance for like. 10 years. Absolutely. I would say, yeah, is one of the most popular songs of the last 30 years. Yeah. Like, I would oh, probably yeah. put it in the top five. This is my yeah, problem. Yeah. This is my problem with the Usher choice here. Okay. We've already seen, yeah, at the Super Bowl. Like, we saw it 10 years ago, and he's going to do it again. We've already seen it. Okay. So I don't need to see it again. He Jim has Harbaugh is going to the, the Chargers, by the way. That just became official. Jim Harbaugh nice. going to the Chargers. Big surprise. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers to get in the head and psych out Justin Herbert. That ought to be good. I bet Herbert's really going to react well to Harbaugh coming over and headbutting him. <laughs> Maybe that's what he needs. Oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe that's what this defense needs. You know, someone who's going to, you know, ride their ass. And that's how we fix the Cowboys. And that's why I want a Belichick. What do you think about the possibility of Jim leaving Michigan, kind of like the way Pete Carroll left USC, where it was like, well, it's getting kind of bad around here. Let me go that ahead was and messy. step out of here before we get in any trouble. The old you talking about the old um, uh, Calipari classic move. <laughs> that is a classic Calipari move for sure. Whoa! All right, time for me to get out of Memphis. Oh, big blue! Here we go. I always, I always think that's funny though because of I always say this about. Um, I'm obviously a big college basketball fan. Uh, it is interesting how when you get to the big boys, how you're protected in college basketball. It's like, man, Jack Calipari, trouble at UMass, <laughs> trouble at Memphis, spends even longer at Kentucky. Nothing. Oh, cleaned it up. 
All right. He learned his lesson. Nothing's going on there now. Well, guys, it was a good episode. McCarthy's back. We'll let you know on Dan Quinn, obviously, as we're still kind of wait, but there's now four head coaching jobs open. Panthers, Washington, Seattle, and what's the other one? What's Atlanta? the other one? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Rank them, KT. Which ones would you are most would you want? Which one would you want the most? Okay. And tell me a little more about stadium plans and new ownership in Washington. It's going to be very positive. You could be good friends with with uh, Magic Johnson, and they're going to be getting a stadium built next to RFK in DC. No quarterback still. No quarterback in Atlanta. Draft see, ammo. See draft ammo though. Yeah, Seattle. You're kind of stuck with Geno there, which I would call that as in the middle as you can get. But it's a great town. I love Seattle. I just adore that city. Carolina's very nice, but no, I with Tepper throwing drinks at people. No, I'm Ooh. out on Tepper. Bad call. I don't want to play for that guy. Uh, coach for that guy. I kind of think Atlanta's pretty cushy. That's a winnable division next year. A little something to say. I've tried, I would stay in the NFC, too, which is your only option with these four openings. But the NFC yeah. still seems so much more winnable than the AFC. That's why another frustrating thing about the Cowboys not finishing the deal. Yeah, but I, KT, that point you made about Atlanta is kind of what I was going to as well. I always look at the division. It's like, you know, if you like, for example, right now, if you're the Raiders and you got to go against Mahomes and now Harbaugh and Herbert, like it's just it's just a lot, you know. And so, like, I think when you're going up against the NFC South, I think that's the division you want to be in. That's why I think Atlanta for sure. Well, guys, we'll be back whenever we're back. I don't know. Uh, we have a, a set date on that, but uh, make sure you're following Sod covering the Dallas Stars as well as the Cowboys. Make sure you're following Father John Mashota. King Garrison's going to be around in Oscar season, so check out the Mad About Movies podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's your best picture pick real quick here? Ooh, spoilers coming up for the new episode of Mad About Movies, but I think Oppenheimer is the favorite. Okay. I just saw I just saw a tweet that uh, the Chargers interviewed 15 head coaches for, for that job before giving it to Harbaugh, even though most people thought it would go to Harbaugh anyway. And it made me actually think of, of what you just brought up, because I feel like there's 15 movies up for it and everybody knows yeah. it's going to be Oppenheimer. Sorry. Continue. Mm -hmm. My bad. No, no, no. And, and the Cowboys hired two. I mean, they, they interviewed two <laughs> last time. Let's when go you got ahead. your guy, you got your guy, KT. And Marvin Lewis was never going to be that guy. You don't know <laughs> that. Well, <laughs> uh, and guys, do me a favor. Go watch Saltburn and get back to me. Um, yeah, John, go watch it. <laughs> Kent, John, and Sod, I'm Kevin. Let me know. Text me after you watch it. <laughs> Especially after one of the three key scenes. Um, we'll see you next time. What about the Cowboys? We need help. We need Jesus.